Hello, and welcome to the Dr. Jocker's Functional Nutrition Podcast, the show designed to give you science-based solutions to improve your health and life. I'm Dr. David Jockers, doctor of natural medicine, chiropractor, and functional nutrition practitioner, and I'm the host of this podcast. I'm here to tell you that your body was created to heal itself, and on this show, we focus on strategies you can apply today to heal and function at your best. I'm excited about today's podcast, but before we jump in, I wanted to remind you to download this month's special gift at drjockersgift.com. From keto meal plans, smoothie recipes, to fasting quick start guides, we have a new complimentary gift every single month. To get your gift, simply visit drjockersgift.com. That's D-R-J-O-C-K-E-R-S-G-I-F-T.com. Thanks for spending time with me, and let's go into the show. This podcast is sponsored by our friends over at Paleo Valley. And one of their products that I use on a regular basis is their apple cider vinegar complex. And I use it to help support my energy, my blood sugar, and to promote good digestion. You guys have heard me talk about the importance of stomach acid in the past. Stomach acid helps us prevent against pathogens. So when we eat food, pathogens come in like parasites and bad bacteria. Good stomach acid helps kill those things. It also helps us break down protein and absorb minerals and different nutrients. Well, apple cider vinegar is one of the best things you can be using to help promote the right amount of stomach acid to be produced. And that's why I take this with meals. On top of that, the apple cider vinegar, really it's really good for blood sugar stability. See, when you have blood sugar imbalances, that can make you crash in the afternoon and cause your body to hold on to fat, especially belly fat, which makes you feel hungrier more often. You have cravings. Well, good news. You can actually take apple cider vinegar. Research has shown that it helps reduce the glycemic load and improve your insulin sensitivity. And that is really key for all day energy. On top of that, it helps with weight loss by lowering your fasting blood glucose, by increasing your metabolism improving your muscle performance so you can crush your workouts, regulating your appetite so you feel like you're in control and you're not just driven by your hunger and cravings. It also decreases insulin and that's key because insulin is the fat storage hormone and insulin, more insulin we have in our bloodstream, the more inflammation our body's going to produce. So apple cider vinegar is powerful for getting insulin under control, bringing down inflammation and helping you burn fat for fuel. So what I love about the apple cider vinegar complex is it's a thousand milligrams of apple cider vinegar, about one and a half tablespoons of apple cider vinegar. And then they also combined it with other warming herbs. They have 300 milligrams of turmeric, one of the most powerful anti-inflammatory herbs, 300 milligrams of ginger. And turmeric and ginger really synergize to have a powerful anti-inflammatory effect in the body. They're also great for the digestion, for gut health, for stomach acid production. There's also 150 milligrams of cinnamon in here. We know cinnamon is one of the best things for blood sugar support and 50 milligrams of lemon. And lemon really is good for stomach acid production. Bile flow helps stimulate production of bile, pancreatic enzymes. So we can really digest our food optimally. 
And Paleo Valley, all their ingredients are all, they're all organic. So no toxins in there and it is really pure and it works guys. So definitely check this out. You can go to paleovalley.com, use the coupon code jockers at checkout to save 15%. I know you guys will love this product. Well, hey, everybody, welcome to the podcast. We have a special Q&A, and this is something that we're going to do every single month. And I've got two of my all-star health coaches, Melissa Knorr and Hampton Young with me. And we're going to go through questions that you guys had on social media. I put up a post on my Instagram and on my Facebook, and many of you guys responded with various questions that you had that you wanted us to address. A lot of things about parasites, about gallbladder health, about uh, intermittent fasting, and about kind of some some you know unusual disorders. But actually, they're they're becoming more and more usual. Things like hair loss, things like heart palpitations, and so we're going to do our best to try to answer those. And of course, you guys know this is for informational purposes only, and it does not uh, replace medical advice. Always, you know, before you, you you take on any of the things that we talk about, it's always wise to talk with your healthcare practitioner. Uh, again, we're not actually uh, diagnosing, treating, or curing anything with uh, the advice we're giving. This is, again, for educational, informational purposes only. So with that being said... Um, we will go into the questions. And so <clears throat> we have got Melissa, who's been working with me for, gosh, six, seven years now, um, has yep. written a lot of articles on our site and has worked with hundreds of different uh, uh, clients through our website over the years, virtual coaching. Hampton is a new addition this year, but he's, he's amazing, doing a great job working with people all over the, all over the world virtually. So if you guys are looking for health coaching, we do offer that. And you can work with somebody wherever you're at, all over the world. All you have to have is a workable phone or um, internet connection that you can uh, communicate with. And that's really about it. And so with that said, Melissa, um, why don't we go ahead and get started with these questions? Okay, awesome. We're going to start with the Instagram questions. And the first one's from Heather. And Heather would like to know how to get rid of a parasite infection. Yeah, and that's a complicated question. Right. And there's yes. a lot of different parasites. Um, you know, we have some good content on our website. And one thing that we do is our full moon protocol. And so around the full moon, parasites become more active. And that's because our melatonin levels are a little bit lower because there's more light in the sky. And so it's kind of a, a natural circadian rhythm type effect. And we end up with higher amount of serotonin, a little bit less conversion into melatonin. And the parasites have serotonin receptors that become more activated. And so they tend to become more active around that full moon. And so that's a really great time on a monthly basis to try to hit them with some powerful antimicrobials, um, some different things like neem, for example, clove, black walnut, uh, wormwood, sweet, what is it? Sweet wormwood, um, artemisian. Uh, which I, I believe are the same. So a lot of these herbs, garlic, oregano, right? Great herbs for knocking parasites down. And then always a good idea when you're doing that, when you're taking herbs and there's, of course, there's herbal formulas. If you go to our store, there's, you know, we have a number of different ones. Um, it's always good to take binders as well, right? Binders would be things that help to grab 
any sort of endotoxins or debris that's put out by the parasites or the different microbes that are dying off and helps sweep that out of our system. So activated charcoal is a, a common binder that a lot of people use. We like to use some binders that are more systemic as well. So activated charcoal stays in the gut. So we'll like to add in some systemic binders. Um, for example, we have several that use fulvic and humic acids and uh, those go out into circulation and they help to bind. We have the one that we use typically with uh, parasites is our biotoxin, what is it? Uh, bio Hampton, can you help me here? It's yeah, bio bioactive, bioactive. Uh, biotoxin, biotoxin, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's it's, a, it's, it's a, a funny name, bioactive <laughs> carbon biotox actually, just came yeah. to me. We've changed the name yeah. on it and that's why um, <laughs> it's confusing because we used to call it biotoxin binder. Now it's bioactive carbon biotox. Right. And that's yeah. really good yeah. for grabbing up endotoxins that are released by these parasites, by um, different bad bacteria. Uh, you know, so endotoxins are released from these microbes. We want to bind those and, and escort them out of the system. And that one works really good for it. Um, Hampton, do you have anything to add to that? Uh, yeah. So I, I do like um, microbe formulas that the product you're just talking about. I really like the bioactive uh, biotox. Um, just for what you just said of, of getting all of the, the debris, the metabolic debris from these you know, parasite activity. Um, but I also, the, the full moon parasite, um, you know, products combined together work really good with the mimosa pudica, some of the herbal formulas, some of the herbs that you yeah. mentioned. Um, but then I would just reiterate, I mean, like you said, it could be a complex question. Parasites, you know, I think getting yourself in the mindset that this isn't just like a one-time quick fix thing because parasites have cycles, they, you know, with the moon cycles, obviously the moon cleanse, but setting yourself up for really prioritizing digestion, you know, really focusing on, on gut health if you aren't already. Uh, we've got a lot of content around that on the website as well. Um, you know, really following a good anti-inflammatory diet. Yeah, just prioritizing stomach acid, you know, that's one of the front line of the defenses for parasite activity. So you wanna have a stop gap with, you know, for however they got there, we want to focus on root, you know, causes that they might have come in. And then I'd say maybe um, after you might do some parasite cleansing and <clears throat> some protocols, and if, if you're not seeing the results you want, maybe think about a heavy metal test too, because those are often linked together and you can just kind of see if there's a little bit more going on as well. So that's what I would add to that. Yeah, that's great. Great, great things to add. Stomach acid so critical. Um, <clears throat> making sure we help sterilize things that are coming in. Melissa, anything else that you wanted to add to this? Yeah, so I would just encourage you to do testing. So I really like to do testing to know what type of parasite you're dealing with because we have different formulas that can be more powerful um, depending on what parasite. For example, some are cyst-forming parasites, and we've got a specific liquid formula we like to use for those. So I really like testing. I like to get the data and um, know what we're dealing with specifically. So we've got several stool tests on our website. GI map is one, and then we also have the doctor's data, which is a three-day stool sample. So that's one of my favorites for parasites because we're actually looking at three days um, of samples. Yeah, great, great things to add there, Melissa. Okay, let's go on to the next question. All right, so um, the next question is about skin allergies. Um, 
she said skill allergies, but I'm assuming she means skin allergies, maybe yeah. some um, issues on the skin, which, you know, we often relate the gut to the skin. It's usually a window into the gut when we have skin issues. So what would you like to add to that? Yeah, I think, <clears throat> I think that's key is understanding that, the, that skin issues are typically related to gut issues. And a lot of times when people have issues with skin, it's associated with um, histamine intolerance or an overproduction or um, poor metabolism of histamine. So the immune system is is um, is going is 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 just not coordinated effectively. And so there are a lot of things that help with that. Things like quercetin, vitamin C, resveratrol, stinging nettle um, can all be really helpful. Certain types of probiotics, like spore-forming probiotics, tend to be well tolerated. Uh, by people that are dealing with histamine issues. Also with things that, um, for example, uh, immunoglobins. So we have like bovine immunoglobin, uh, immunoglobins, as well as uh, <clears throat> egg uh, immunoglobins. These immunoglobins help bind to pathogens in the gut, right? So they're another one of these binders that we talked about. And they tend to be really well tolerated, especially with people with histamine intolerance and um, they tend to do a good job at helping to support the gut immunity and support the tight junctions in the gut to allow for better immune response. So those are all good. And then one other thing is postbiotics. So like we have a, a product called Tributarin X, which is short chain fatty acids, butyric acid. And that tends to work very, very well as well for people with skin allergies that are kind of reacting to all kinds of things on their skin. And it's really good at just helping to seal the gut junction in the gut. So when we have leaky gut, we need to seal that. Um, butyric acid is really good for that. And it helps to calm down the immune system in general, which can be beneficial for people with skin allergies. So those are just a couple of things that come to my mind right off the bat. Uh, Hampton, take it from yeah. there. So I think of also in, in accommodation with the gut, you know, the lymph and the kidney as well. And so anytime we have skin, we have histamine reactions in, in the gut, and that's going right into that gastrolymphatic tissue, the lymphatic system. Um, I think of just some lifestyle things or therapeutic, you know, things you could do like red light could be really effective. Red light therapy, obviously getting yeah. some quality sunlight. Um, some herbs I really like are like dandelion, burdock, milk thistle, and um, we have some products on the site as well. Um, there's a kidney and liver formula. There's a lymphatics formula. Those, again, are just going to really help fluid movement, moving out um, inflammatory waste products and, you know, misfolded proteins and these things, histamine reactions and things like that. So I like those. Um, if uh, something that might be controversial, it's been around for a long time, but coffee enemas can be supportive for liver health. They can be really supportive yeah. for just moving out um, toxins out through the bowels as well. And that can also be a very powerful thing um, to support overall allergic you know, skin reaction type things. Yeah, I think that's great, Hampton. Melissa, anything else to add to that? Yeah, just don't forget about food sensitivities. I, I had a mom and the baby had a lot of skin issues. She was nursing the baby and we actually did a food sensitivity test on the mom and she came back very high for dairy sensitivity. And when we took that out, the baby's skin cleared up. So um, definitely a connection between food sensitivities and skin issues. So something else to rule out. Yeah, that's huge. And then going back to stomach acid, 
Um, you know, there's a big correlation with low stomach acid and issues like rosacea and acne. So not necessarily a food, a skin allergy, rosacea and, and acne are not necessarily skin allergies, but obviously there's skin manifestations. There's inflammation there in the skin and a lot of correlation there again with low stomach acid. So doing things to help support your stomach acid, taking apple cider vinegar before a meal. Um, if you notice that that flares you up, like it creates even worsening effects with your, um, with your, your skin allergies, that could be a sign that you're having a histamine response because um, apple cider vinegar has more histamines that your body has to break down. So if you notice a worsening response in your skin when you take apple cider vinegar, again, it could be a sign of a histamine issue. So you want to address the histamine and you can find a great article on our website for that. If you notice that it improves it, that you're feeling better when you do that, then it's probably a sign that you're having stomach acid issues and gut leaky gut issues like that, possibly uh, poor sluggish bile flow. Apple cider vinegar will help support all those things. And therefore, if you're noticing improvement by taking apple cider vinegar before a meal, that's probably the area you want to focus on. So a couple of ways awesome. to, to help triage that. But yeah, I think, uh, I think we covered a, a good bit right there. Yes. Awesome. All right, so next um, there's a question about gallbladder health and how to remove gallstones naturally. And we have many articles on gallbladder health on our website. So great information um, to check out there. But supporting gallbladder health is definitely very important. I think one of the most common things I've heard from clients is they wish they would have tried to support gallbladder health before having their gallbladder removed because they have had a lot of issues since removal. Yeah, so critical. So when it comes to gallstones, right, when we get to that stage when there are gallstones, there are definitely things we can do. Um, we have a great supplement called Tudka Complete that can be very helpful. And Tudka is basically a bile salt, which helps thin the bile. So when you have gallstones, you have sluggish, thick sluggish bile and the salts help thin it. You also want to really hydrate your body well. And you can do things like water with some apple cider vinegar, like I was talking about before, lemon water, um, that can be really helpful. Uh, the, the citric acid and the malic acid and the apple cider vinegar and the citric acid and the lemon juice really help to um, thin and, and even break down some of the um, less solidified gallstones. So just hydrating your body really, really well, taking something like Tudka Complete, which has got milk thistle and Tudka and um, parsley and beetroot and things like that, all really helpful. We have another one called Bioflow Support that also has mm -hmm. some of those herbs and it's got some bile salts in it. So some people will use that as well and uh, and see good improvements. So I would definitely do those things. I would do castor oil. You can do a castor oil pack that you can actually get and put right over um, your liver gallbladder area and wear that overnight. So the main effect is going to take place in like the first 45 minutes or so as that oil kind of gets in there. But it, a lot of people find it easy to just kind of put it on and kind of let it sit there at night um, and then take it off again in the morning. And so that way we're getting the castor oil, which has kind of a dilating effect on those bile ducts. So that can be helpful. Coffee enemas can also be a helpful strategy for helping to dilate the bile ducts. So all those things are really helpful. And then just some helpful things. Well, for, for, for gallstones, I think those are probably the most important things to be focusing on. We do have a gallstone flush. We actually have a protocol that you can go through 
where again, you're doing a lot of the strategies that I just talked about, but it actually walks you through what to do kind of like a week before and then what to do on the day of. And we use Epsom salts to help, um, help, help move the bowels and to help dilate the bile ducts even more. Because if you have like, especially a, a larger stone, you really need to dilate those ducts, right? Um, and this flush has worked enormously well for so many people all over the world. This isn't necessarily something we kind of are, have our own version of it, but, uh, but it's not, the actual practice is not something we came up with. It's actually been practiced now for many, many years, uh, in, uh, for de many different natural paths and natural healers have used something similar to this. And, um, people have seen amazing results with it. So it's definitely worth a shot. Um, am I missing anything there, Hampton? Go ahead and uh, pick up. Uh, I think you covered the full gamut. I mean, I, the only thing I was going to kind of say was along those last lines of as, as far as like the gallbladder, the liver flush, um, for maybe not so much if you have active gallstones, but maybe if you just want to support liver gallbladder health or maybe after you do a flush or remove it, that really including healthy fats is actually, yeah. maybe it seems counterintuitive, but it actually is helping the gallbladder kind of have this pulsing reaction where it, uh, the, the cholesterol doesn't just get stored in there and then harden up and uh, become an issue. We have a good uh, production of cholesterol's movements used throughout the body and, and, and it's keeping that homeostasis, that cycle. So we need healthy fats to actually give the gallbladder and the liver like some work that they are created to do to function with these quality fats. So I would just say um, that's something to be mindful of as well. Yeah, I think that's really important. In fact, one of the big risk factors for developing gallstones is a low-fat diet. So right, very right. Good, good point. Melissa, what else do you have on this? I think y'all are very comprehensive with that. So, um, How about gallbladder health in general? Because I was focusing mostly on stones. What are some things, do you have any things for, for overall gallbladder health outside of what I talked about? Um. Well, that's a great question. So, I mean, a lot of those same supplements and strategies can support gallbladder health, yeah. particularly the diet piece. So that's what I really try to focus on. Um, my clients really love the bowel flow support after meals. Yeah, that's that's really been helpful. Um, but, uh, you know, another thing I see with any of the internal organs is getting rid of excess um, visceral fat around the organs. Yeah can be helpful. So, you know, working on those you know, nutrition strategies to help release excess weight can also be helpful. Yeah, super important that visceral fat is kind of the fat sits around the organs, releases inflammatory cytokines, so it just drives up inflammation. You know, one thing I forgot was just adding in a lot of bitters, right? You can add a lot mm -hmm. of these things into your diet too. You can drink ginger tea, dandelion tea, um, use parsley, cilantro, yep. Um, mm -hmm. you know, all different types of bitters that you can be putting on your food, oregano, basil, thyme. So these yeah. types of herbs all help support good bioflow and even going like above bioflow. I mean, I, I talked about it earlier. Stomach acid is actually, you need to have good stomach acid. You need to drive your acid down, right? Which, which is actually, if you look at a pH scale, um, you know, seven is neutral, we want our stomach acid to be somewhere between 1.5 to 2.2 when we're eating a meal, particularly a meal that has meat in it. Um, so that's, that's very, very low. Okay. Which is actually a good sign, right? When we're getting our acid low. Um, and when the acid is low like that, one of its mechanisms, not only does it digest the meal effectively, but also it opens up the pyloric sphincter, which allows the bolus, the, the, 
the digested, pre-digested food to move into the small intestine where it activates the receptors. In the small intestine, we need an alkaline environment. So in the stomach, we have an acidic environment. When the small intestine, we need an alkaline environment. What alkalizes the small intestine? Bile. So when the when we have enough acid on the food moving into the small intestine, now that triggers the release of bile. So we get the right uh, mechanism there for triggering that release. And now bile flows out effectively. If we're not getting enough acid in our stomach, we're not going to get the right trigger for good bile flow and we're going to have problems downstream. And bile is amazing as a um, sterilizing agent. So we typically, we think of it as something that, you know, it's an emulsifying agent to break down and allow us to digest fats effectively. And it's very important for that. But also on top of that, it actually helps sterilize the gut. So it helps reduce small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, uh, yeast overgrowth in the small intestine. And so we need that good bile flow. So getting the stomach acid where it needs to be, whether it's um, using apple cider vinegar with meals, doing some deep breathing uh, before your meal to get in a, kind of a relaxed state, um, you know, praying before your meal so you're in a state of gratitude, um, which, which activates your parasympathetic nervous system, which will help with activation of good stomach acid and bile. You can chew on some ginger root, you know, all the things we talked about for bile flow, like those um, different bitter herbs are also great for stomach acid. Doing those types of things or taking a betaine HCL, like a, a stomach acid support supplement with your meal um, to get the acid low enough, all can be really profound. And a lot of people have seen amazing results doing those things for helping support bile flow. And if you have a gallbladder issue, another thing you want to remember is that's actually gallbladder is really an appendage of the liver, right? It's really um, right. part of the liver. So if you have a gallbladder issue, just getting your gallbladder taken out does not solve the problem. You actually have a liver issue, most likely a stomach acid issue that needs to be addressed. Yeah. If I could add just one quick yes, last thing sure. on this. Um, so I love traditional Chinese medicine. And if you look at the liver, it's associated with spring and, and new sprouting green life and green forth coming forth. So uh, just sprouts. Sprouts are a powerful uh, superfood, if you want to call it that. Um, super loaded with chlorophyll and enzymes and minerals. And that's what the liver loves. And so anytime we can empower that, that's really, really helpful. And then just chlorophyll, green vegetables, green leafy yeah. greens, proficious veggies, if, you know. And so the liver loves that for many reasons, all of the different components of sulfur and enzymes and minerals. Um, the, that, that is, you know, feeding the liver for all of its yeah, you know, sure. metabolic functions. So I would just throw that in there as a diet piece. For sure. Yep. And also with Chinese medicine, we also have to think about emotions and the liver is a seat where we can oftentimes hold anger, frustration, unforgiveness. Right. So yeah. also trying to address any areas that, um, you know, where you may be holding on to bitterness, unforgiveness, um, where you're easily triggered and angry and trying to do your best to help release those, give those to God, um, mm -hmm. can be really helpful, really therapeutic for, you know, obviously your spiritual health, your mental, emotional health, but then also your liver. Absolutely. Uh, Guys, I just want to interrupt this podcast to tell you about one of my favorite superfood chocolate powders. It's called Cacao Bliss. You see, cacao is unprocessed chocolate, and it is rich in neuroactive alkaloids that boost dopamine, serotonin, and endorphins. These are your feel-good neurotransmitters that really make you feel alive and well 
And it's also rich in polyphenols like EGCG, which we think about when we think of green tea. That helps protect your brain and your body from oxidative stress, helps you age more effectively and feel better than ever. And my favorite brand of cacao powder is Cacao Bliss because they use 100% organic cacao beans that are naturally kissed by the sun, which allows them to maintain their full integrity of powerful health benefits. They blend it with turmeric, one of the most powerful anti-inflammatory herbs on the planet. They put in MCT oil and coconut, Himalayan sea salt, cinnamon, and black pepper, and they sweeten it with monk fruit, which is an all natural sweetener that does not impact your blood sugar. And those compounds like cinnamon, MCT oil, really help stabilize your blood sugar. So this is a fantastic powder you can put in almond milk, coconut milk, you can put it in your protein shakes. You can use it for baking if you're making chocolate muffins or a chocolate cake or making a chocolate protein shake like I do almost every single day. This is a fantastic mix to throw in there. It's gonna help enhance your mood, your memory and your mindset and really help you experience pure bliss. That's why they call it cacao bliss. So guys, if you are a chocolate lover, maybe a superfood enthusiast, or just someone who wants to experience life at a higher level, I invite you to try out Cacao Bliss today. If you go to the website, earthechofoods.com forward slash David Jockers, let me spell that for you, E-A-R-T-H-E-C-H-O-F-O-O-D-S.com forward slash David Jockers. Use the coupon code David at checkout to get 15% off of the Cacao Bliss. And this is a low-carb, gluten-free, GMO-free, vegan, paleo, and keto-friendly superfood powder that you will love. So try that out today. Again, use the coupon code David at checkout, earthechofoods.com forward slash David Jockers. Use the coupon code David to get 15% off today. All right, great. Well, next question then, Melissa, unless you have anything else to add to that. No, let's let's move on. We've got lots of questions today. So <laughs> if Megan, we don't get through them, well, they'll just carry over to the next one. Okay, perfect. Awesome. All right. Megan, um, she has a nine-year-old daughter who sporadically leaks urine. She says that stress exacerbates it. In general, she goes to the toilet most of the time with no problems. Are there any supplements or natural remedies to help her overcome this? She is not constipated. And we ask her to sit a little longer on the toilet to make sure she is completely finished. She is embarrassed about it. No allergies, no nub, and stool tests came back all clear. So my first thought would be, did the urine test come back clear? You know, rule out any type of urinary tract infection that may be contributing to that. Um, and then also address, she says that stress makes it worse. So, you know, a lot of kids now work with a lot of kids and there's so much stress on children. There's so many teenagers on, um, anti-anxiety medications and antidepressants. So, you know, helping the nine-year-old, your daughter with, um, stress relieving strategies. So deep breathing techniques and walks in nature and making sure she's getting adequate sleep at night. Um, so that, those are some of my thoughts. What about you, Dr. Jockers? Yeah, I think those are great ideas. And then, you know, anytime I hear about something like this sort of incontinence and just trouble controlling urine, I think pelvic floor, I think weakness yes. in the pelvic floor and those muscles, um, and possibly she may have had a fall at some point. 
that she just got, maybe she fell off the swing or something like that. And she just got right back up and she's tough and, you know, didn't think about it, but she injured her pelvic floor or injured some of the nerve connections going in there to where she's not getting the right contractions. And so possibly seeing a physical therapist, um, also considering chiropractic care as well. Um, you know, I know when I practiced chiropractic, I used to see a lot of people with issues with their, with their pelvis, right? It wasn't necessarily a muscular issue in the pelvic floor, but, a, but in the pelvis, um, there would be imbalances in the pelvis and subluxations in those areas. And so some adjustments can help rebalance that reset the nervous system and allow for proper, uh, muscle memory. I mean, that's really what it comes down to is it's, 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 you know, I tend to think this is more of a, a muscle memory thing, although you do want to rule out like a UTI issues like that. Um, and so chiropractic and physical therapy can help with that proper muscle memory to support that. Awesome. Yeah. Anything yeah. else to add there, Hampton? Um, I, I would agree. I think that's probably the most what's going on probably neurologically and then if the, the muscular uh, maybe an herb that is really good with fluid regulation and balance could be stinging nettles i mean that could be worth looking into if if it's not you know supported by chiropractics or, or, yeah. or definitely the stress reduction was is absolutely uh important but maybe stinging nettle can have some properties of tonifying the bladder and kidney and just supporting that fluid balance and better regulation if that would be, you know, something going on. I don't know. That's just a thought that came to mind. Yeah. Yep. All good ideas. Okay. Awesome. So the next question is from Stephanie and she would like thoughts on fasting and fatty coffee with MCT and or butter. She's confused by the many fasting experts on whether to use this hack or not. Does it negate the benefits of fasting? I definitely feel better starting my day with it and then eating around two. So that that's yeah. her question. And we've got the fasting expert yeah. on the call. So yeah, what do you say, sure. Dr. Yeah. Jockers? So when it comes to this, I don't really have a hard, hard line stance. I do think that you get better benefits from fasting when you do it without any calories, I think that you're going to drive more autophagy um, or your body breaks down these old damaged cellular organelles. You get better cellular healing. However, now this is what I always tell people. If you feel like drinking that coffee, right, the, with the butter and things like that, if you drink that and it helps you fast longer and helps you be more productive and enjoy your fasting more effectively, I think that that, I think there's a lot of benefit to that. For example, if you drink that at, let's say, 7 a.m. or 8 a.m., and it allows you to fast where, where you would normally kind of hit the wall and you would have to break your fast at, let's say, 11 or 12, but now you can push it back to two or three, I think there's a lot of benefit there because you're still restricting protein, and that is the main driver. You're restricting carbohydrates and protein, so you're still keeping your insulin very low and you're not adding in protein, and those are the two major drivers that stop autophagy. So I think consuming that and if it helps you be able to fast two or three hours longer um, and comfortably, then I think that's a great thing. If you drink it and it, and it drives up more cravings, like for me, I've, I've tried both. And for me, I actually do better fasting on just water, herbal tea, or black coffee than I do with you know, the, the fatty coffees. I just feel better. I feel like I recover better from my workouts. 
Um, I feel like I sleep better at night. I just feel better. So that's why I do it like that. Although I do enjoy the flavor of those fatty coffees. I think they taste great. Um, <clears throat> I, uh, I just notice that I feel better. So you can experiment and see. And again, if you feel like it allows you to push your fast longer comfortably, I think that's a great thing. As long as you're still sleeping well, you feel like you're recovering from your workouts well, you know, you want to check all those kind of um, natural body parameters to make sure that you feel like you're thriving each day. Anything to add to that, Hampton? Uh, I really like that. That's my thoughts exactly. Use it as a tool. Remember, fasting, it's not an all or nothing thing. But of course, the more metabolically fit you can get and the more you can not have to rely on the tool and let your body do most of the work, the more, yes, overall benefits you'll get. But however, I totally agree with you, Dr. Jockers, as far as using it as a tool to create a goal to get into some more fasting windows can be absolutely very supportive and um, monitor how you feel on it. And then maybe set a goal to <clears throat> just be mindful around not having to over it's easy to overdo those like you said they taste delicious and you, before you know it you got three tablespoons of butter and mct oil and and it's just like it's a power drink but hey you might not need that much and in time you should be getting more yeah. metabolically fit so you actually would need a little bit less of that so just those are some things to be mindful around absolutely for sure and they taste so good that sometimes you <laughs> want to have a second and a third yep. right and now, yep. you're, now you're taking in too much caffeine sometimes too. Yep, totally. Yeah. Yep. All right, good question. All right, awesome. So we're going to move on to our Facebook questions. And the first one's from Vicki. So she had two questions. She said that she desperately needs help with plantar warts. She's 48 and has been struggling since age six. She has adrenal fatigue and Hashimoto's and would um, also like to know about body temperature temperature regulation when adrenals aren't working. So, yeah, you know, I think all those actually go together. So there's some level, there's some linkage, I would say between all of those. So warts tend to be related to a viral infection. Okay. Right. And, um, you know, especially if they've, if you've had them for a long time, uh, you know, the, the, the better your immune system is, the less likely you're going to have warts or at least, you know, any sort of real noticeable warts. And so, and then on top of that with Hashimoto's, there's a strong link between viral, viral infections like Epstein-Barr, for example, and autoimmune thyroid issues like Hashimoto's. So um, those go very much hand in hand. And then just feeling cold in general could be related to poor circulation. It could be related to Hashimoto's not getting enough thyroid hormone stimulation. Um, did she say that she was having like a, she was feeling cold at night? Was that? She just said body temperature body regulation. Temperature, body yeah. temperature regulation. Yeah. So yeah. So infection in general can affect your hypothalamus and your pituitary glands in your brain, which help regulate your temperature setting. So my thoughts on it would be that your immune system is not functioning right. Okay. And we already know that you have an autoimmune condition. Mm -hmm. And so doing everything we can to help balance and modulate the immune system. So I start thinking about things like optimizing vitamin D, optimizing your zinc to copper ratio. Um, you know, I, I think about, um, you know, making sure that you're really prioritizing good sleep as much as possible. I think that's super important exercise. So believe it or not, exercise can be really important for people with adrenal issues and thyroid issues. You just got to make sure you have adequate recovery. 
but getting out and walking, right? Or even just doing like, you know, a set of 20 squats or 10 squats, like just air squats, things like that to help improve circulation and oxygen delivery can be really, really helpful. A lot of times people think when they have an autoimmune condition, they shouldn't do any sort of like exercise, but actually you want to do some exercise. You just don't want to do a whole lot, right? So you want to do like resistance training, but give yourself a rest in between sets and don't do it for very long. So that way you have enough time to recover. That will improve circulation, oxygen delivery, and your body will become more resilient. So I think that's super important. Um, you know, getting out in the sun, grounding your body, prioritizing good sleep, vitamin C uh, can be really helpful. Um, you know, quercetin, right? A lot of these types of things that we've already talked about can really be supportive for the immune system. And of course, you know, a good idea to just get a thorough evaluation, right? Comprehensive blood analysis to really look at everything that's going on, your inflammatory markers, stuff like that. And, and uh, you know, if you've been dealing with this for a long time, you've probably tried a lot of things already. So um, working with a functional health coach, I think to help, you know, I've given you a bunch of ideas, but working with a functional health coach, I think would be a really good idea to dial it in and uh, be more specific with it. Right. And, you know, she mentioned dealing with it since she was age six. And whenever I have a client that's dealt with something since childhood, uh, I want to look back at that time and any triggers that could have started this cascade of immune dysregulation. So food sensitivities that were never detected or some type of virus, like you mentioned, Dr. Jocker's Epstein-Barr. So, you know, trying to really get a good history um, with with Vicky and to determine, you know, what could have been the initial trigger, you know, the the root of all of this would be a suggestion. Yeah, that's a great yeah. suggestion. And I didn't even really touch much on nutrition there, but yeah, a lot of food sensitivities too, gluten, right, dairy, you know, things like that could also be driving more inflammation here. Hampton, you have anything else to add? Yeah, nutrition, absolutely. I mean, you want to go on a, a thyroid, adrenal, just metabolically supportive anti-inflammatory, you know, diet without knowing too much of the context, you know, you could do a lot of nuances there. But so I would agree with you working with a practitioner or a coach can be very helpful to, to kind of really see, get a lot more context. Um, but anytime body temperature that you're looking at, really adrenal thyroid, but really we're looking at mitochondria, you know, the thyroid's kind of the, the temperature gauge or of what the metabolism's doing, so to speak. Um, so I would just second that circadian rhythm, really, really prioritizing, because that is such a, a major mover of the needle when we can sync, resync our body's natural biological clocks back to the season, back to the sun. So prioritizing that early bedtime, waking up <clears throat> if you can get out some sunlight between 8 to 10 a.m get some of that on the face and the eyes to really help uh tell the cells hey we're producing cortisol we're making you know serotonin and then get that cascade to really get the melatonin to be released in the evening that's really important for the mitochondria signaling to to do everything else we're wanting them to do so i would just you know mention that as well yeah, I think awesome. that's a really great idea. And then dim your lights at night. Have, oh, yeah. You know, more like red red light bulbs, yep. red light bulbs, blue light yep. blocking glasses. Limit your exposure yep. to blue light at night for sure, yeah. Yep, 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 absolutely. Yeah, and another part of the diet piece is making sure your blood sugar is balanced. So with adrenal issues and, um, you know, I, I don't – I really encourage my clients not to do too restrictive on carbohydrates particularly so that they have a good steady blood sugar balance throughout the day to give them um, that 
energy, not, you know, hypoglycemia goes hand in hand with adrenal issues in my experience, and it can really, you know, make it worse. So um, a, a good balanced um, macronutrient ratio meals is what I really encourage. All right. I think we got time for one more question here. All right. Well, do I go in order <laughs> or pick the best one? <laughs> pick your favorite. Uh, pick your favorite. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Well, I'm going to pick this one because I have teenage athletes at home. So the best safe collagen for teenage athletes that support joints and then nutritional advice for teenage athletes. Okay. So best safest collagen that supports joints. Um, you know, I'm going to think a, a grass fed beef based collagen would probably be the best for joints. Um, it's got a lot of type one type three, uh, collagen in there, which are really good for joint structure. So that's what I would think. Um, you know, just an organic one. Yeah. I think collagen bone broth types of protein and just bone broth in general, super supportive for gut health, immune health, um, joint health. So definitely an athlete really, really great thing for them. Um, and then just nutrition advice, especially for like a, I don't know if this is a, well, it really doesn't matter if it's male or female, but, um, getting a lot of protein in, right. I I've become more and more of an advocate of a higher protein diet. Um, the more I've personally experimented with it and the more I've been uh, working with people. And so I would recommend getting about a gram of protein per pound of lean body weight. Right. So, um, for example, if, if, if that person, you know, like, let's say they're 150 pounds and they're 10% body fat. So that means that they would be about 135 pounds of lean body weight. So bone and muscle. So about 135 grams of protein a day, you know, broken up into their, in their various meals and really trying to get high quality protein. So grass fed beef, eggs, um, chicken, you know, or, you know, trying to get pasture raised, things like that. So doing a lot of that, doing a lot of colored vegetables, um, fruit, vegetables, so you're getting a lot of, of phytonutrients, um, getting your carbohydrates from fruits or root vegetables rather than grains is a really good idea. They're going to bring in a lot more nutrient value, a lot more phytonutrients to, uh, to help support. And they also help with uh, stabilizing blood sugar because of the phytonutrients, because of healthy fibers and stuff like that that are in there. So I would really try to prioritize colorful meals and lots of good quality protein and then also healthy fats, right? Avocados, olives, olive oil, coconut, coconut fats, grass-fed butter, trying to get a lot of that in there. Yeah, awesome. So all the anti-inflammatory, almost every article we have, we talk about the anti-inflammatory diet because it's right. so important. And these the standard American diet, which a lot of teenagers are eating, yeah. fast food is very inflammatory. So we want to stay away from that. And a good way to kind of sneak in nutrition is with a smoothie. I do that with even my pickiest child son. He's a teenager now too, but um, you know, he, he loves the smoothies and you can make them taste great, even packing in nutrition and you could add the collagen to the smoothie. So you get it, you know, all in one drink. So that's, that's kind of my, um, go-to to opt to, for, to make sure they're getting some nutrition in each day. And then, you know, would think about the school lunches, if, we, if they're in school, I always pack lunch so that I know they're getting a healthy lunch before they train after school. And then, 
good snacks, you know, if they need a snack for after school, you know, nuts are a good snack or a piece of fruit and nuts, balanced fats, proteins, and some carbohydrates there. Yeah, for sure. Hampton, anything else to add? You want to talk a little bit about hydration? Yeah, that, that's great. I agree with you guys. Absolutely. Teenagers are in a anabolic phase. Puberty is building. It's anabolic. So you want to capitalize on that with stimulating, you know, mTOR for sure, quality carbohydrate consumption, adequate protein. And then yes, minerals, hydration, critical for all athletic endeavors. Um, so making sure prioritize hydration. So I am a huge fan. I know you are, Dr. Joggers, of starting your day, front loading a lot of hydration, getting in those, those minerals. You can do so many combinations, uh, 16 to 30 ounces of water, work your way up. You know, you don't have to chug it down, but within the first hour, try to get in a good amount of water with, add some sea salt. I like Celtic sea salt, Himalayan salt. You could do some lemon, some lime. Um, you have a greens powder or you can do a little greens juice. Teenagers probably not throw a greens powder in if you got one. Um, but just prioritizing that in the, in the beginning of the day is going to set you, set yourselves up to already kind of have a, have some hydration and mineralization going on so that when you get into the later in the day, you're not trying to catch up and chug water. Cause really you don't want to chug water. You want to drink it throughout the day and have those adequate minerals with the water to get it to inside of the cell. Um, so yes, prioritizing that and always just, um, you know, for teenagers, just having some some salt on hand or like a little lemon or something or making your own, you know, power drink per se can be really helpful. You could even throw in some raw honey, some sea salt, some lemon. Um, that's delicious and it's super hydrating and energizing as well. So um, hydration is very important. Absolutely. Because all that food you're eating, it won't get absorbed if you don't have adequate water in your system and hydration and minerals. So that's a key thing to remember. Yes. Yeah, that's so great. And a lot of a lot of the kids are are fatigued throughout the day and getting good hydration and minerals will notice that they just have more energy. They're able to think sharper and clearer in school. So that's key. And I remember uh, many years ago, I was I was uh, giving a talk. I was invited to speak to a high school football team about nutrition. And one of the things I told them, because I had no idea, you know, if I was sort of talking about, hey, you should be eating grass-fed beef and this and that. Um you know, how that was going to be taken and where, where, you know, these, these kids, many of them came from families that didn't have a whole lot of money. So I said, you guys should eat, and this is during their season. You should, you should eat a dozen eggs a day, right? Eggs were, you know, fairly cheap. Right. And you know, Hey, if you can get chicken and beef and all kinds of good stuff like that, that's great. But like that would give you that protein, healthy fats, tons of nutrients, that are, that's in that egg yolk, even in a conventionally raised egg. I mean, just like mama developing a baby, the yolk is where the nutrients, right? You're going to get more nutritional value out of that yolk than you would out of the chicken. And so, because that's where the, the value goes into. So, you know, as long as you don't have an egg allergy or, you know, obviously a lot of our listeners will have sensitivities because they're dealing with autoimmune conditions, but you know, majority of the kids here on this football team would eat those eggs and they'd actually do a lot better than the food that they were eating. The more eggs that they would eat, the less, you know, Doritos that they would eat. So, um, so I figured that would be good advice for them. Yeah. Uh, one last thing, this might be a little advanced, but if, if you are a highly competitive athlete and you're dialing your diet and you're consuming a lot of good quality uh, calories and, and you've got good nutrition on board, actually, fasting it periodically like maybe once twice maybe three times a month just a short 
window can give you extra time for recovery and reduce inflammation if you have any like nagging uh, injuries that aren't healing. But also it'll then, you know, take a day off from your supplements, your fasting a little bit. It'll resensitize you the next day when you come back and you, you'll be more like a sponge and you'll absorb more nutritional density um, as you, you know, throw that in intermittently, not necessarily on a weekly basis, but depending on the athlete, that could be an advanced strategy to really support recovery and advanced nutrition. Um, yeah, I think well. that's fantastic. I love that, especially during off season. I think that athletes should take some time to do some intermittent fasting during the off season because your body will get rid of bad muscle tissue, damaged muscle tissue and rebuild yeah. it with good, healthy muscle tissue. So doing some intermittent fasting, depending on the individual, their age, right. their body right. fat, their activity level, you know, it can be customized for that individual, but, um, you know, doing it during the off season or a break in the season or something like that, uh, can be really helpful and rejuvenating, rejuvenating and help them really achieve greater gains as they get back yeah. into intense training. So, yeah, awesome. Yeah. Well, great. Well, uh, this, this is our uh, first Q and a, but we'll continue to do this every single month. And so if you guys have questions, I will be putting up a post on social media, be sure to follow Dr. Jockers on Instagram and Facebook. And if you aren't on any of the social media channels, you can also email in your question, just email it to info at drjockers.com. That's info at drjockers.com. And We'll make sure we get it on one of our future Q&A sessions. And if you're out there and you're struggling with your health or you just really want to reboot, you want somebody to help dial in a health program, uh, Hampton and Melissa are available. You can contact them. You can find them on our website, drjockers.com, and you can send them an email. Hampton is hampton at drjockers.com. Melissa is Melissa at drjockers.com. Phenomenal health coaches working with people all over the world, helping to transform lives. So thanks so much, guys, and we will see you on a future show. Be blessed. Well, that's all for this show. And I want to thank you again for spending your valuable time with me today. And if there was something you heard in this interview that you have questions on or you want to dive into deeper, then drjockers.com is the best place to go. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider taking just a quick moment and giving us a great review. Your reviews help us influence more people and transform more lives. And if you took something valuable away from this episode, then please share it with someone in your life you know it can help. We'll see you soon on a future podcast. Be blessed, everybody.